Hi everyone, welcome to Let's Talk About Skills Baby. I am your host, Kelly Bailey. Each week I chat with, in, I'm gonna mess up the intro again, see? <laughs> Each week I chat with inspiring visionaries about the skills that made them successful, how they developed those skills, and their innovations on improving skills-based hiring and learning around the world. Come learn what skills help you live your best life. This week, we have Denise. You know what, Denise, the one question I didn't ask you was how to pronounce your last name before we were just going over all this stuff. I apologize, so. <laughs> That's okay. It's easier than it, than it looks. It's just, it's heart sock leaser. So. Oh, that's, it is so much easier than it yeah. looks. Thank you. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so Denise, I'm going to give a little background on Denise real quick. Denise is the president of Great Biz Tools. She is a serial entrepreneur with 25 years experience developing learning and development and HR tech innovations, such as WebAssess, MyInnerGenius, Compass, and Pulse, the leading training program in the utility locating sector a recognized thought leader in employee assessment and has provided guidance for the U.S. Department of Education and is a speaker, excuse me, featured speaker for industry groups like CTA and Training Magazine. Denise believes that when people love what they do, they can change the world. And that's why she is committed to developing tools and programs to match people to the jobs they were born to do. Denise, thank you so much for joining us today. I love that. I hope you don't mind. I pulled it um, from your LinkedIn profile because it just really, really resonated with me. <laughs> Great. Yeah, no, I love it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So everyone knows that I'm located in New Jersey. Denise is joining us from Florida today. How's everything going down there in Florida, Denise? Absolutely beautiful. Oh, so jealous. I mean, not yeah. that the weather is bad here, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm lacking palm trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking, I'm surrounded by palm trees, so I'm loving it. <laughs> so lovely. Well, Denise, I'm really excited to jump in and talk a little bit more about your business, but before we do that, can we talk a little bit about your history, kind of the journey that led you to Great Biz Tools and um, what you feel kind of made you successful? Yeah, so... Um, I was in management positions in corporations and working with that involved in not just managing employees, but managing departments, uh, managing training, developing training programs. And um, I had my first daughter and found out that she had special needs. And so I, my world was turned upside down and I needed to create, I didn't, I was traveling at the time 50% of the time. Mm -hmm. And I knew that wasn't going to work for me. Um, and so I wanted to be there for her. So I needed to come up with a way to uh, create a work from home job. At that time, there weren't a lot of them at, the time, at mm -hmm. that time. Um, and so I went back to school and I started my company. And, uh, and then eventually I merged with another company. But I, 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 when I was in um, companies working and I just saw so many people that were unhappy and so many people that had, that weren't really good at what they did. And so they felt like they weren't successful and they had low self-esteem, but it really was, they just weren't a good fit for their job. Mm -hmm. um, and people that were just miserable, didn't like what they were doing, but felt like they were stuck, didn't know what else to do. And I thought to myself, I really want to make a change here because I, 
had something similar where I needed to change my career too. And I wasn't sure how to pivot. And so I ended up finding my dream career. And now I've, my company focuses on creating tools to help people find their dream careers. So I really feel very fortunate in the turn of events that happen. And I think one, one of the things that really helps me be successful is resiliency. And I think that's a key for everybody resiliency and being able to say, I don't care how many times I get knocked down or how many times life throws me a curveball. I'm going to try to figure out how to make the best out of it. And then um, also, you know, just being able to problem solve and say, yeah. I see an issue. How do I solve that problem? So that's, I'm really a problem solver. Uh, I love that. It's exciting to solve problems and, and that really, um, is what I, what I get to do every day. That's, I, I absolutely love that. And I love the personal side of this story too, because typically that is something that happens, like something in life happens that makes us look at the way that we're, you know, navigating our life in terms of our work, which takes up obviously the majority of our time and our family. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I have a similar experience in my life that made me realize I also needed to figure out um, how to, not travel as much, be home more. So I can definitely appreciate that more. And I'm sure we all have some flavor of that experience. And then I love the idea that you mentioned, well, the problem solving thing and sort of this concept of resilient skills. Um, resiliency is such an important facet, at least in my mind, in my opinion, in life. Um, but the problem solving, it was interesting. One of the earlier um, podcast guests, I think it was back in, I wanna say it was episode two, he had written an article about if you always focus on solving problems, you'll be successful in life. <laughs> and that's just something, yeah. one of those quotes that has just stuck with me. And so I completely agree with you that if you're always trying to figure out how to solve something, especially when it's completely relevant to you, something that you see, something that you personally experienced, because you feel about it a different way and it just keeps you kind of going. Um, and just like you said, these things come up in our life. Like we never know. That's what we were chatting about before we hit record here today, you guys, was just this like this issue of like low confidence and not being happy and what that really does to reverberate around your life and the fact that you've really kind of pushed through this stuff. I just love to, to hear that. So now I'm super curious that you mentioned that resiliency and this idea of like solving problems are kind of these skills, if you will, that have helped lead to your success with starting this business and now being able to focus on your passion. Um, do you, what would you say? Like, I, I always wonder if these, I know you mentioned you went back to school. Do you feel like this is something you learned in more of a formal education environment or was this something you just figured out through life? Yeah, I think it was the way I was raised really. Um, and, and I think just an innate, you know, <laughs> Growing up, I was probably more annoying to my sisters because <laughs> I was always trying to solve their problems. And they're like, I just want to tell you about it. I don't want you to solve it, you know? <laughs> um, so I think it's just something that's in me. Yeah. Um, but I think resiliency is something that's learned. And I think it's mm -hmm. something that if you're never too old to learn it. Um, and I think that uh, I was reading this book called Blitzscaling. And it's about, you know, how to make your business pivot and change and be adaptive. But yeah. I'm, I really looked at it like, wow, this can really apply to our lives too. And I think COVID really has thrown a curveball in businesses and personal lives and every aspect sure. of our lives. Yeah. And so 
people that can't adapt and pivot and regroup and are going to really struggle mm -hmm. every time something happens in your personal life or in, in the environment or in society. And I think adaptability and, and perseverance are two things that you can learn that if you learn those, it will change your life and it will be nothing but good things that come out of it. And, and you, you can't just stay at home and go, you know, I don't know what to do. My, the things I normally do aren't there anymore or have changed. So I'm just, you know, depression is on the rise and, and it, it's like, there's a lot of bad things happening, but you know, the, you know, the saying when, you know, make lemonade, when you have lemons, make when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. You have to be able to say, how can I turn this into something good? Uh, being able to work remotely and being able to work from home actually is providing opportunities for people mm -hmm. that didn't exist before. Nobody thought we, you know, there's companies that were like, I, I, the whole remote work thing, I don't know how I'd make it work. It's too yes. hard. It's too complicated. And then all of a sudden in two weeks, they made it work. Mm -hmm. And it's changed people's lives for the better in that companies don't have to look just in their zip code anymore. They can right. look outside their zip code, provide more opportunities to more people. People in rural communities, people in disadvantaged communities can now compete for jobs that weren't accessible to them before. And I just mm -hmm. think, you know, we have to look at the bright side and have to look at how we can turn things around and make, make a difference in the world. And, and that's just a skill that will be something you'll uh, never you regret. This being, it's, I mean, I absolutely love this. And what I'm really curious to hear now too is you mentioned this being a learned skill. So now I wonder if you have any suggestions on how people can seek out and learn more about how to be adaptable because it, it, you're, you're right. I mean, the thing is that there is, our world changes all the time. If we think about, I mean, I just think about all the time, my kids found one of my old flip phones the other day, like the ones <laughs> yeah. that opened and then there yeah. was like a keyboard. And it was so funny because when they took out that phone, I was like, that was, that was before you guys were born. And then, you know, mine, my oldest is 12. Okay. And then I opened up the phone and there were pictures on the phone when they were like toddlers. And I was like this, I, I just in my head thought that's, that was forever ago. But you think of like just all the changes that have happened in your lifetime. I just gave one technology example but we have to figure that out, right? I remember figuring out how to use the big old phones that were attached to the car and then the ones that you held and then a Blackberry and then an iPhone. And then we were just talking about Macs and PCs. And again, that's just technology, but yeah. all things in life are constantly changing. And if, if you also want to progress in your life, I think it's the Einstein quote that's like the definition of an insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. That's really something, but how do people go out and seek learning how to be adaptable? Yeah, so one real quick thing before that, though, is if you think about the rate of change, so like all the different things you were talking about, like from the car phone in a suitcase to the flip phone, to the flip phone, to the, uh, to the razor. I mean, you look at like all that progression, it took years to go. Right. Months or sometimes weeks. Yeah. And so 
the, um, the rate of change is getting faster and it will continue to go faster and faster and faster. And in fact, even in businesses, they talk about um, being agile is one of the most important things to be successful. You can't make a plan and have that plan even last for the year, much less, you know, a five-year plan. It's constantly changing. So there's a lot of different courses online. Um, There's self-help tools that are out there. Um, There's a lot of courses you can take on learning how to be more resilient and learning how to be more adaptable. Um, I don't have a specific one I'd recommend, okay. but, um, but, but there's, there's a lot, lot of tools there. out there. Yeah, there's a lot of tools out there. And, and I know IBM has um, soft skills training, professional mm-hmm. soft skills training that have some really good courses. They're all free. Perfect. Um, LinkedIn Learning has courses. I mean, there's a lot of courses out there that are free yeah. that you can get access to. And then the rest of the work has to be internal. Mm -hmm. it might take journaling to write down you know this is what happened what are some different actions I could take you know so there's different things that you can do but the change has to happen internally I mean you can't just take a a course and go okay got it you have to really (laughs) take action intentionally change your your mindset and that takes work and it's not going to happen overnight but it will happen um, if you try if you, if you just, put that just like the changes that we just talked about, these technological changes, right? They didn't, like you said, they didn't happen overnight. So even when you decide to like, okay, I'm going to figure this out, it, you know, just be patient, right? You know, definitely Google. Google is free, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Get it, out yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Google, grow with Google. Out, uh, to, learn yeah, about yeah. resiliency, yeah. Learn yeah. agile, yeah. whatever. Um, and, and just know that it's just something that happens over time. Um, right. It's just, not something that happens. Like we all want things to be immediate. We are yeah. of immediate, my, my internet was down yesterday and let me tell you, okay. <laughs> no, it's like when the phones are down, I feel stranded for some reason, you know, it's like, well, it wasn't that long ago. I didn't, you know, you didn't need things like that, but now we so feel true. like I, I'm in a desert island and I can't communicate, you know, <laughs> but I, I think the most important thing to let people know is to be patient with yourself. Yes. You know, we all want things fast and we want things immediately. And especially in our society now, it's like people's attention span is three seconds long, you know, but be patient with yourself. And when you're making significant changes to yourself and your life and your outlook, it's going to take time. It's going to take practice Mm -hmm. and you're going to have stumbles, but just be patient with yourself. I think we don't do that enough. We don't, pat ourselves on the back enough. We don't, we aren't patient enough with ourselves and we don't, we're more critical of ourselves than we are for other people. And we need to, to give ourselves a little, I was just thinking ourselves some slack. I can be my harshest critic. Like I know how that is. I mean, we do have to really give ourselves some grace. I mean, think of it, you know, a lot of the times for anyone that's a parent out there who, or who ha- has actually witnessed this scenario or at some point you learned this. So I know that this will resonate with everyone learning to ride a bike. It's not like we just came out of it and we're like, oh, I ride a bike now. Um, it took practice. And that's just like anything that you want to learn. So yes, like I fell going around a turn trying to show off my new 10 speed when I was trying to ride my bike and I felt so amazing. And I fell and scraped the whole side of my leg. And for a week, I was like, I am not touching that bike. <laughs> but then I was determined because that was my only form of transportation. 
<laughs> you, you were forced to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And sometimes we're forced to make changes and sometimes we choose to make changes, but we have to be able to, to be, to be adaptive enough to change. And I think the world's changing so fast that if you don't adapt and you refuse to adapt, or you just don't think you need to adapt, right. you do. And it will definitely be something that you'll never regret learning those skills. And it's it probably, I know um, adaptability is one of the biggest skills employers are looking for right now. Well, let's talk about that a little bit too, because I feel like I want to dive into great biz tools and some of these new amazing innovations that you guys are doing in the assessment world and sort of in regards to um, learning and hiring, because I really find, you know, you talked about this, or at least I shared, and you talked about the passion that you have around, you know, kind of helping people. I say the same thing, helping people live their best life. <laughs> but, you know, it's that concept, like, of finding that thing that makes you happy. And I just would really love for everyone to understand these tools that you guys offer, some of this work that you're doing around this space, because I find that for people that might not know, um, how to go about this. These are just like amazing new ways to think through some of these possible steps in your life. Yep. So you want me to talk about them? Yes, I'm sorry. So <laughs> okay. if you don't mind, as I, as I don't even ask a question, like this is okay. not awesome. so If you don't mind just sharing a little bit, I mean, the things that really stuck out to me, I don't know much about Compass and Pulse. I know we talked a lot about WebAssess and My Inner Genius, but feel free to, yeah, whatever. Um, make sense to describe. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, um, so we have an almost 40 year history of designing and developing every kind of employee evaluation you can imagine. So pre-screening, pre-hire, uh, training and development, you know, inside training and development, there's on the job evaluation and certification and all that. And then performance management, which is what Compass is. Mm -hmm. And then, um, uh, training and um, certification, performance management, and performance development. So when we don't call it performance management, we call it performance development because with our system, the focus is on developing people, not you know just managing tasks. Makes sense. So, yeah, so one of the things that we've really done is all of our tools are competency-based. So that means we're focused on innate skills, abilities, personality traits, knowledge, the KSAT, so knowledge, skills, abilities, traits. Those, those are what we're focused on with all of our tools. And they all speak that common language. So we hire for, we, we know that jobs require certain competencies. Mm -hmm. So we hire based on those competencies. Who's the person that has the greatest combination of those competencies? And then when we're doing training, we're training around those competencies and layering on top of that knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then uh, certification is about competencies and then performance development is about developing those competencies. So that competency is that common thread throughout everything that we're doing. Amazing. So we've always taken that approach. Um, and WebAssess is our pre-hire assessment tool. And if you're hiring for a specific job, we have the competencies that are required for those jobs based on, you know, years and decades of of job analyses and data so we're we're assessing for the right things mm -hmm. and then um then you hire those people you know it's the top of the funnel okay uh, and then they go through structured interviews which we 
also have structured interview tools, which are competency-based too. Um, and so those, everything is around the competencies required for that job. Well, a couple of years ago, we started thinking really differently. And it's really interesting because we did it before, way before COVID happened. Mm -hmm. But now that it's happened, we're in a really good position to meet the changes that COVID has driven because of the way we're changing the way we're assessing. Yep. So um, we created My Inner Genius. So My Inner Genius uh, happened out of a need in the marketplace. So IBM it was really changing the way that they're hiring for IT. In fact, a lot of companies are doing that. A lot of, you know, Apple, 50% of their hires don't have a college degree or the their other open positions don't need college degrees. Mm -hmm. uh, I think um, IBM, 40% of their positions don't need a college degree. Google, Tesla, Microsoft are all moving toward not requiring college degrees. Mm -hmm. And so IBM said, we've got these, what we're calling new collar jobs, which is the, the new paradigm instead of blue collar, it's new collar. It's all IT uh, technology related jobs, but they don't require a degree. So how do we make sure that we're getting people into the right areas? Right. Um, they don't have any experience, background, training necessarily. Most of them probably don't. And we sure. know that, um, you know, I think the number is, it's, it's astronomical. It's like, you know, a uh, hundred, um, I don't remember what the numbers are, but it's like around a hundred million jobs are going away because yeah. of technology disruptions. But 155 million jobs are going to be created because of those same technology changes. Yeah. So that means that we have a net gain of, you know, like I think the number was like 75 or 80 million jobs net gain. Right, right. But we don't have enough people that are trained in those areas. Because mm -hmm. it's a slightly so different set of skills. And how do we get paid? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, so IBM is saying, okay, we need more people in IT roles. We've got 50,000 open positions just for data science alone, wow. just in IBM. Wow. And so then how, what do we do? Um, or not actually, I think that's, that's in the U S but anyway, but the point is there are way many more jobs by tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of jobs mm -hmm. that we don't have enough people to fill yeah. because they don't, they don't know how to communicate their skills that they could do those jobs and employers don't understand how to translate what they have done into those different sets of yeah. skills. So, um, so what we did is we created a tool called My Inner Genius, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it was originally designed um, for this particular for particularly for IT, and but it's expanded now. It includes all the other jobs as well. But what the what it does is it says, okay, you don't have any back background or experience in IT, how do we know if you'd be a good fit for it? Yeah. And so a lot of times what has been done in the past for these is like an interest test. Like, do you like working with computers? Do you like solving problems? And that would tell you if you might like that work, but it wouldn't tell you if you'd be good at it. Mm -hmm. um, so my inner genius is all about, it's not just interests, but it's also your innate cognitive skills, abilities, and personality traits. Do your innate competencies align with those roles? And if so, which roles? So we even narrow it down to cybersecurity is a little bit different 
sure. when it comes to your innate abilities. Again, we're, we're not talking about knowledge here. So cybersecurity is a little bit different. You have to have a higher level of integrity and different things like that. Data science, you need to have a higher level of numeric fluency and problem solving. Yeah. Customer service, you need to have a higher level of empathy. And so mm -hmm. there's, there's differences for each of the jobs. So we can actually give an assessment and narrow it down to which area in IT or healthcare or hospitality or finance or customer service, what area would you be the best fit for? And then we align them with training on how to get started in those new careers. Wow. So with IBM, it's around uh, the IBM new collar training programs. Uh, we're also working with other companies um, that have their own internal training programs or um, we were um, uh, announced at Tech for Good last year in France, which was really exciting for so the work cool. that we're doing. JFF uh, nominated us this year as one of four companies. They did a deep dive of all the assessment companies out there. We are one of four selected for our social good because one of the things that we're doing with this is really opening up opportunities for people. Because if you look at, um, as we were talking before, certain communities are, are really underrepresented in IT jobs, and those are the jobs that are growing at a faster pace than any other job. Exactly. Um, so they're already underrepresented. So how do we encourage more people to get into those roles, and how do we help train them? Mm -hmm. uh, because they might have the all those underlying competencies that are required for success, but they don't have the knowledge. So can we line them up with the roles that are the best fit for them where they have the greatest probability of success and then line them up for training. So we take the guesswork out so they don't have to, you know, there's nothing worse than getting dropped off on one of these um, no. training sites and say, no. okay, find a class on cloud. It was, it's overwhelming. <laughs> so we have these curated learning paths to help people, everything they need to know, taking the guesswork out, really trying to help people get started in new careers and, and changing their lives and having a better opportunity for better wages and a future-proof career. The, you know, a lot of, uh, we're working with different job centers to help people get employed. And, and one of the struggles they have is um, they'll find jobs for people, but then that job goes away and those people are coming back, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a constant revolving door. Yeah. So we're talking about these jobs that have that are future proof, that are going to have a bright future, grow because better earning potential, and they'll grow with you. Yeah. You can grow with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that because I, I can only I'm imagining now once they get in and they understand what direction. So as you know, there are other opportunities. I'm, I'm just thinking of your example with IBM. You know, there's just because that's the role they come in with IBM. At, I know tons of people that have worked for IBM for years because there's so much opportunity for growth. It's just a matter of coming in, um, learning where you need to get and just keep growing and learning because there's so much. It doesn't mean you have to go in this like one straight pathway. There's a tons of different directions you can go from there. And just like you said, this is there's no requirement of a bachelor's degree. So this is just totally opening up doors for so many people. And I know this is something we've talked about. Obviously, it's very prevalent of our times right now. Um, just making sure that, you know, from a hiring perspective, diversity and inclusion is really considered. And the thing that I, you know, and I, I wonder if you might touch on that a little bit, because the thing that I think of when I think of the way that you're assessing people and you're really focusing on skills, like that must just take out some of those barriers um, that people might experiencing, might have experience with or feel like are like perpetuate inequality in some sense, right? So like, I wonder if you have any foot like thoughts or focus there 
Yeah, and that's one of the really exciting things that, that we're doing, and we're working with companies on trying to increase diversity and inclusion through assessment. And, Perfect. you know, there are some assessments which are biased and mm -hmm. which actually decrease diversity and inclusion. Right. Um, those are the older types of assessments, um, typically like general intelligence tests and different things like that. But mm -hmm. uh, the psychometric field has grown and learned so much about how to really assess people appropriately and doing it in a non-biased way. Mm -hmm. And so um, what we use is, are the best um, practices for psychology and uh, psychometrics and HR and, and legal to make sure that we are... You, creating and developing unbiased assessments that um, are looking at just the things that matter. So one of the changes that we made with My Genius, instead of looking at jobs, we're looking at capabilities. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at people's underlying competencies, their capabilities, their potential. And instead of just focusing on a specific job, we're focusing on what are all the different things they can do. And so everybody has you know, right. we said everybody has an inner genius. Everybody has capabilities. I love that. Um, and they can be used in many different ways. You're not, you know, it, it, because you have a history in retail doesn't mean that you always need to stay there. No. You're, you've, you already had skills and abilities going into retail, but, and then you've gained some more while you're there, but that can, those can be used in many different careers, many different ways. You don't, and, and I think that's one of the problems that, has created a lot of the bias in the hiring process are things like looking at resumes, which we know have a, a lot of bias built in. Yes. Everything from somebody's name, where they went to school, if they went to school, what their job experience is, uh, where they live. Those are all things that can add bias to the process. And then resumes also have inaccurate information. Yep. So people either over report what they've done or the significance of it or under report. So yep. it's both ways. Because people don't know how to communicate to an employer what what my skill set is, so they may be focusing on the wrong things in their resume, and the employer may be focusing on the wrong things, and they're passing each other, and really? it really would be a good match. Yeah. Um, so, um, so one of the things we're doing is saying let's not focus on the old ways, the old paradigms that have all this bias. Let's look at new ways. Let's look at people's potential, and that means that. As jobs change, since we're not focused on jobs, so the, and that's one of the things that needs to change in businesses. When mm -hmm. you're focused on jobs, when that job changes or that job goes away, then you have to completely retool. But when you're focused on capabilities, then you're saying, okay, this job is changing, but the capabilities really haven't changed, right? Mm -hmm. So we can, it's easy to pivot into that. Or maybe the capabilities change slightly, but it's easy to, to look at our employees and instead of laying every like so like we're working with a, a project uh with the department of labor ibm and, and youngstown ohio mm -hmm. and the gm plant closed and they uh eliminated about 32 3400 jobs mm -hmm. and what do those people do so ibm's going in there and they're giving them my inner genius matching them to mm -hmm. it roles and then apprenticeships to get started hit the ground running in a new career that's better than the career that they had has better earning potential so nice it it's a really great wonderful thing but the but if gm had said we're eliminating certain positions right. but I have all of these great employees. Are there, uh, I have open jobs. There are open jobs in GM all the time. 
How so can I could they have pivoted yeah. some of those people into those open jobs if they had started looking at capabilities instead of, oh, this person's been on in this job for 10 years and that's all, that's how we see that person. People are more than a job. Right, I know. It's looking at people so we're really up and saying let's not look at where people have been let's look at where they're going and where they can go and that's really exciting no I love that and there's like a few I mean those are one of my favorite things to see when organizations are really trying to figure out something new and different I know Accenture I mean this is there are a number of these initiatives I know there's one that's kind of really I've seen notice of it. I know it's pretty popular right now that Accenture started again. It, this was this was an in answer to what was happening with COVID. I think mm-hmm. they brought together a, a group of employers. I, I can't remember the count that it was originally, but they each of these employers needed to have at least a hundred available jobs and a group of people that unfortunately they were needing to let go. Um, and what they were trying to do was to figure out together, you know, how can we shift these people that might fit, if they don't fit internally with us, how can we shift them elsewhere as opposed to just laying them off? And I think, you know, when you, you know, you're speaking my language when it comes to skills, but right when we dial this back down, some people might have considered this like transferable skills back in the past. I know we don't even use that word anymore, but that's kind of what we're talking about here. You know, when you're in retail or what's happening now in the food and beverage industry, you know, waiters or waitresses, let me tell you, they're amazing salespeople. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they describe that special that's on the menu yep. and you buy that, I mean, come on now. That's like sells 101. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and but they're constantly going back and, and checking and yeah, they're doing great. Yeah. And people sales. just yeah. don't think of that, that like that yeah. is a skill that you've gained that can work somewhere else besides where mm-hmm. you've just innately worked. And then of course, companies aren't thinking that someone who is a waiter or waitress would fit into this role internally at our organization because you know we're a professional organization and that's just not but but it does if you just break it down and you look at it this way and it can really change not only how we as people approach the jobs that we might be interested in so that we don't ha- like when we first started when you described what you kept seeing in your work environments people being so unhappy in a role I actually can't remember if we talked about that before we hit record or one <laughs> But um, that concept where people are just so unhappy in their job, and it's not, there, there are a whole host of reasons, but in many cases, it's that they've, you, what you said was they lost confidence because they weren't good, but it wasn't because they weren't good. It was because it was the wrong fit. And instead of us thinking about like, oh my gosh, I keep just like stumbling and stumbling and stumbling. I have a daughter that has special needs too. And let me tell you, like if I kept pushing her into things that she was not successful in, her life is quite sad. But if I find the things that make her sore, man, it's like opens a whole new light for her. But that's just how all people are without, you know, with or without anything going on, right? And if we can just find that thing, like what you're doing with these assessments, I just find that to be so powerful. It really changes the way we approach our lives. It also changes the whole dynamic of how companies and people and learning is happening. Yeah. And I, it even has a ripple effect into society too. So think about you know, if I'm unhappy in my job or I have low self-esteem, it, it affects my demeanor. It affects my relationships with others. It prob- might usually, it yeah. shortens my patience and I, you know, I'm more quickly to anger. 
Mm -hmm. um, it affects a lot of different things in your life. Then that affects the people around you, which affects the people around them. And that affects the whole community. And then when you think about the diversity aspect of it, where companies have a, a history of unconscious bias built into their processes, which they're not even aware of and they don't, they're, they're not trying to do it, but it happens. Mm -hmm. And so they're not even um, able to figure out how to solve it because they don't realize what it is that's contributing to it. And a lot of it has to do with looking at the wrong things, having these requirements, which really aren't necessary, like a degree or right. certain types of experience, like, you know, the waiter waitress thing where somebody can go in and say, I look at your capabilities and I can see all of the things you can do instead of saying, Oh, you've been a waiter waitress. Well, this is a professional sales job. So I don't think it's a good fit. Right. You know, I had a, a woman I was talking to the other day and she was a writer and she was like, I look at what I do and I'm looking to make a change. And I can really see that I'd be a great project manager because I have to coordinate things. I have to gather resources. I have to get information from people. I have to schedule. I have a timetable. I'm a project manager and I can't get any, any company to recognize that I'd be a great project manager. They just, they have a project manager job. They go a writer. No, and she wasn't going to be, she wasn't going to get a chance to show right. that she could be good at these jobs because she couldn't communicate to the employers in a way that they could understand. And the employers weren't seeing what they needed to see because they're not looking at the right things. Right. And so if we can help companies focus on the things that matter and that's people's potential and we can focus on and not specific to a job, you know, so we're right. really opening that up and we're helping people to understand what their capabilities are so they can get into the right job. And I know we talked about this before that opportunity cost of being in the wrong job of yeah. saying, I go down the wrong path and we've all done it. I've done it. Yeah. And you get into this job and you're like, I don't like it, but how do I get out of it? I don't know how what do else, do how, yeah. how do I communicate to an, a, a, an employer, a different job that I think would be better fit for me, but I don't have that experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, this opens up, it creates that common language that employers and people can talk about. And it opens up opportunities for people as individuals. It opens up opportunities for employers. If you think about it, so Minor Genius is actually for both. It's for people and it's for employers. Yeah. So for people, they take the assessment, they own that data for life. They can take it and show it to employers and they don't have to, um, you know, like some assessments, the company that had you take the assessment owns your data. You never, you can't take it with right. you. You might go to right. another company and take the same assessment. And it, you know, and it's like, why can't I show them I already took the assessment? Yeah. So, um, so, but it grows with you. So as you change and as you get into, you add skills, you can add to your, your competency profile on my inner genius and it grows with you and it continues to add recommendations to you as you gain new skills to say, Oh, here's, some other things you could do and right. here's different career paths you could pivot to. And as you, so it can be used for career planning as a company, it starts saying, I can be really strategic with my workforce yeah. initiatives. I don't have to lay people off. I can do workforce rebalancing. I can identify right. ways I can reskill and upskill. And I can start looking at people in new ways to say, as jobs change, it's really easy for me to pivot because the oh, most yeah. of those capabilities are the same. Yeah. And, and, 
it also then you can look at it and say, I can look at hotspots and say, what are the skills that I'm not having in my organization that I know I'm going to need in the future, like adaptability. And I can say, okay, how can I cultivate those internally? There's training, as we talked about earlier, that I can have employees take that will increase that skill that we're having a deficit in. So it just really opens up so many opportunities and so many avenues. Um, it increases diversity, reduces that bias, and it helps. We, even in our tool, you turn off the personally identifying information. So you're not seeing anybody's picture, you're not seeing anybody's name, you're not seeing anybody's location where they live, you're only focusing on their capabilities and potential, which is what companies need to focus on. And we're kind of forcing them to do that, but with the tools. Um, And it really makes a huge difference in people's lives. And we're really excited about I that. see that. I mean, I think it's fantastic. And I mean, not only for the future, because we talk a lot about the future of work and education here, but, you know, even right now, what's happening with COVID, like I'm, as, as you were describing that, I was like, you know, what is so interesting, right? Is like, we see these huge numbers of unemployment and people think like doom and gloom around these huge numbers of unemployment. But the thing is, there's also a huge number of open jobs, like you just described. Now, why is it that we're crossing? You know, we've got, just like we described that instance, I specifically mentioned a waiter or waitress because those are a lot of you know there's a there's certain industries that have been hit harder than others Mm -hmm. but if we could just under if they could just understand and employers could just understand you know how it is that their skills make sense within their organization I mean I wonder if that you know this I mean I I truly believe that that would be a huge help in in what's happening right now and sort of this recovery period let alone the future of how this looks. Um, I just find the whole thing really fascinating. So that actually leads me to another question, Denise. So is the, the way that people access these tools, is this directly through an employer? How do you engage? Like, are you working with people directly through, through employers to people? Yeah, so um, what we're about is really helping people and helping them change their lives. So we don't want there to be a barrier to that. So it's free upfront to the user and it will always be free upfront to the user. Um, but at the same time, right? So we are on the back end to sponsor it. Like IBM is a sponsor, Microsoft, uh, Workforce Solutions, Alamo. We're working with we're working with Tinsmart Social in England. We're working with skill, IBM Skills Build in France, Germany. Spain, UK, and we're expanding to to Japan. Um, We have representatives in the AP. We're working with Chartered Accountants of Australia, which is a membership organization Mm -hmm. that is saying, you know, accountants, 50% of accountant jobs are going to go away in the next five years. That's huge. But these people have a wealth of, of innate cognitive skills and abilities that have to do with numeric problem solving, and understanding numbers in a way and being able to understand um, compliance and different things that would be great in a lot of different roles. So we're helping them help their membership find other future-proof roles. So there's a lot of different, it just, it's, there's a lot of different organizations and groups and companies that we're working with to try to get this out there for different purposes. So some companies are using it, they want to help hire people Mm-hmm. and manage their workforce with these strategic initiatives like we talked about where they're looking at capabilities. Mm-hmm. Some are really focused on retraining, upskilling, reskilling like IBM. 
Um, and then others like Workforce Solutions Alamo, they process 150,000 people just in eight counties alone. So think about you know, that, how many more people that, that encompasses that outside of their ecosystem. And they're looking at training, retraining people and getting them back to work. And so we're really looking at um, organizations that want to, um, for different purposes, and we can work with the different purposes uh, of getting people back to work, reskill, upskill, finding future-proof careers, careers that, that have greater earning potential. And I, your example of the waiters, waitresses, you know, just to bring that back again, I think that, you know, with COVID, I heard, I was reading an article this morning, it said, about a third of the small businesses are going away forever. And we know that most of the people that are employed are employed in small to medium sized businesses, yeah. not, you know, huge corporations. It's small to medium sized businesses yeah. that are the, 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 the uh, center of our, our labor uh, and our, our jobs. So that's huge. But yet there are emerging roles like cybersecurity that have, yep. Tremendous numbers of roles. Data science. Um, I, I I know I said the wrong numbers earlier, and I'm remembering. It's there's 500,000 data science wow. open jobs in the U.S. and wow. colleges are only producing 50,000 people a year. So right. that's a huge deficit that we'll never be able to catch up on unless we find other ways to reskill and upskill people. And there's a lot of people that would be great for these roles, and these roles are really good paying roles. They have a great future. There'd be a lot of people that would be great for those roles, but they don't have that experience. Mm -hmm. And they think, I don't have a college degree. I, you know, I didn't do these sorts of things. I went a different path. They'll never consider me. Well, that's not, that's changing. These companies, you can do some of it on your own. There's a lot of, you know, you can use a tool like MyInnerGenius to find out where you'd be the best fit, where you have the greatest chance of success and get training. Or you can, you know, look at some companies that are using tools like this to say, I, I need, I want to change my life and I want to change my career. Yeah. You have jobs that'd be great fit for how to, how, you know, how do we can do this? Yeah. And upskill for it. So, yeah, it's completely true. And I mean, I know my family owns a bakery actually, and, and thankfully we've been able to stay abreast of, you know, ahead of everything and, you know, do the best that we could with doors closed initially just doing pickups. But I did see as an example, we also um, have some food and beverage locations in New York City and I did see like a well-known bakery that's located at Rockefeller Center. I saw the post yesterday that they were just announcing that they were going to have to close doors. I mean, the rent there is crazy and but they have a ginormous, you know, in terms of like small medium-sized business, they had a really d business structure. I can't even imagine how many employees and that is a really sad day. I mean, the, you know, that's but but again, it's how to reframe that for people. Again, these small and medium-sized businesses don't necessarily have the resources to provide these things, but the more that we get the word out there that these are available, um, hopefully they could then at least, at the very least, recommend them to their employees in this transition process because they're just as much trying to, they also, as business owners, potentially have to figure out what the next step in their life is going to be. Right, and that's such a good point that if a, a company unfortunately does go out of business, It'd be, real, it'd be a great service for them to offer that doesn't cost anything to mm -hmm. say, you need to look at reskilling in other areas because there's not going to be another bakery job necessarily for you. Mm -hmm. So 
look at some of these other options and look at the, and a lot of the training in a lot of these roles that are growing is free. Yeah. So it's there, the barrier to it is you taking the initiative to do it and taking the time to retrain yourself. And if you're out of work, it's the perfect time to learn new skills and get yourself ready when companies start hiring. And some of them are already hiring, uh, make yourself more visible to them, earn digital badges, start building your digital portfolio. Uh, take this time to prepare yourself for the new workplace that's emerging. Yeah. And I know, I mean, the, the thing that I thought of as we were talking about this too, just because we both have been talking about our families and your experience, um, very similar to my experience and why I needed to figure out a new way to work when my children were being born. You know, I think this is all a time too, where we're trying to figure out, a lot of us don't know if we are parents, you know, we don't know how our children are going back to school. Um, and that also limits how we're able to go back to work. And, and so there are a lot of things to think of. The reason that I say that out loud is because a lot of times I'm finding that for some reason, this is being left out of the conversation quite a lot. And a lot of people feel like this is a barrier. I can't go and look for another job because I can't leave my children home alone. And I think, you know, I raise this and say this out loud for companies to recognize um, that, you know, there are people that are looking for work, but they obviously need to look for work in a different way. But I also raise this because a lot of people that feel like they can't go and look, don't treat that as a barrier. Um, there are ways to figure this out. Still go do your best, you know, figure out ways that you can retrain. It's sometimes it's hard with kids being at home. And I, and I think we all get that, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. Um, you just gotta, gotta want to do that. And a lot of these companies are trying to figure out um, how to make this a better environment for, for parents and working and all of that happening. I know there's a lot of awareness being raised. So I just say that again out loud to use this, to, this platform just to make sure that that conversation keeps going on along with all of this other stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I, I've have a lot of concern about that. Uh, and these decisions to not open up schools, there's, yeah other repercussions that maybe aren't being considered that have to do with, you know, I know a, a lot of people are talking about um, that a lot of children depend on the, the getting uh, nutrition yes. at school. And, yes. and that is, is a real concern. Uh, and there's also real concern about if you're half, if you're, you have to homeschool your children and you have to work full time, not a lot. I mean, there's not a lot of families that can, say, okay, I'll, I'm going to homeschool my children until school, until uh, yep. schools open back up. Some people are doing it and some people are changing and said, I'm going to change to homeschool. I mean, and, that, and uh, th there's more choices, right. but at the same time, not everybody has those choices. So mm -hmm. what do the people do that have to work that are now homeschooling their children? How are they supposed to make that, that happen? And I have some real concerns about that too, because somebody, something's going to get left behind. It's either the work or the children or both. And then the other thing that, um, and just get it out there uh, because we have a platform to say it. Uh, yeah. Another thing I'm really concerned about with remote work uh, and remote education is that one of my concerns is, is, are we creating a situation, at least in the short term, where we are um, increasing that, divide uh, of opportunity because not all communities have high-speed internet 
Yep. Not everybody has a device. They can a computer or even a tablet that they can do work or education from home. And so I think one of the things that I've heard, and I think it's a great idea that, you know, when you look at the cafeteria style benefits that companies are offering, one of the things they're starting to offer is high speed internet yes. um, and devices. So I think that's a great thing that companies can do to provide that. So there's more opportunities for people in, in communities that don't, have access to that um, and not everybody's going to be able to go to the library to work or to go to school every day no no and I, I mean i'm sure that they're even going to limit people depending on where you're located so that makes it even extremely more difficult yeah. i'm really glad yeah. you said that and i i think for anyone too um you know there are a couple things i know we're coming close to the end of our time but one of the things you said about students needing nutrition at school that really resonates with me i know in my community um, our schools were able to still, um, and there were parent volunteers that were still able to deliver meals to those students that didn't have any other option for nutrition outside of school. Um, so that I know, again, not every community is the same, but if you are happening to be one of the more fortunate of us in these times, then definitely figure out if there's some easy way for you to help, you know, that, that might be happening in your community, you might not be aware of it. Um, and then, of course, the same thing with the Internet. I mean, there are plenty of different ways that we can all get involved. Um, either I will we just raise that right now to companies like, hey, you got to start looking at these potential benefits that you're offering to think through some different ways to engage with your workers and help them in their lives as well. But also just in communities, um, I feel like there are ways you know, to look up and see what other ways there might be available to get involved and help those that might be a little bit less fortunate in this scenario. So again, just using the platform, but we will we'll, <laughs> when we can. Uh, so well, I'll raise those. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you think about it, in the 50s, we created the um, interstate system because mm -hmm. there was a real need for people to start traveling across country and there wasn't a good way to do it. Right. I, I think government agencies, cities, counties, states, can and I know there's some states that are doing it, like North Dakota, um, South Dakota, um, and I know there's other states doing it but they're um, actually creating um, high-speed internet for every single citizen. Uh, and they've got initiatives to do that. And so I think if we can get governments involved, yeah. uh, nonprofits involved, and try to help improve um, the inter inter in, instead of the interstate, the internet, uh, right. and, and really make sure everybody has access to high-speed internet, um, and then we can start working on making sure everybody has devices. One of the things about working from home and, and educating from home, if you don't have a device, then what are you supposed to do? And there's a lot of kids that uh, aren't able to, to do the educational work at home because they don't have a device. And I think there's a lot of people that, that could work from home and be very effective doing it. And they have all the capabilities necessary for the job, but they don't have a device. And so I think you know, nonprofits would be a great source for that. Organizations adding, adding as a benefit. I think we just have to realize that not everybody has all the tools and options that, it, that other people do and that we need to create those to create more opportunities uh, for more people. I, I absolutely agree. Well, Denise, um, thank you so much for joining us today. I just love learning about this. I love learning about your passion and kind of what led you into this. I think it's so fascinating how we kind of take some things, like you said, this, you know, the life gave us lemons and we made the lemonade. <laughs> I love how that was really part of your story. 
So for anyone that would like to um, keep follow Denise, she is available on LinkedIn and Twitter at Denise Leisure, um, L-E-A-S-E-R. And you can learn more about, about Great Biz Tools, WebAssess, and My Inner Genius at trywebassess.com and myinnergenius.com. And you can also follow WebAssess and My Inner Genius on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. So plenty of places to find more information. When I post this on social media, you'll get all the links as well. So we'll try to keep it pretty easy. If anyone does have any questions about how to get more involved in some of the areas that we talked about, definitely let um, Denise or I know, and we'll make sure to make some connections. So thank you all for listening in to Let's Talk About Skilled Baby today. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to hear about it. Please subscribe, leave some feedback, suggestions, go ahead and give a rating. I wonderfully appreciate all of that. I am also available, as you can see right here on the screen, on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Kelly R. Bailey if anyone has any questions. And I hope you all have a wonderful day today. Thanks again.